tonight on Huckabee. One educator's battle against corrupt and depraved media. The man share their marriage and entertainment success. And country artist Neil McCoy performs. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey. And now, here's Mike Huckabee. Thank you so very much, and we're so happy to have you with us and happy to have this great studio audience with us in our theater right outside Nashville in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and we hope you will come and be with us one of these times. You're missing a lot of fun. So come and be with us. Now, I think I've figured out what's wrong with America right now. It's pretty simple. Everybody gets a trophy, but nobody gets a spanking. Now, I know I'm gonna get eaten alive for saying this, but I don't think younger Americans are getting prepared for life. I mean, they've been brought up to believe that everybody gets a trophy just for participating, and there are no winners and losers. And nobody gets a spanking, which I know seems so archaic, but experiencing some real consequences of our bad behavior, it can do a kid some good. I know that a spanking or being grounded losing privileges to play video games or watch TV might seem cruel and unusual punishment to the kids who wore a helmet to ride a bike, not that there's anything wrong with that, <laughs> or who only play on a playground that has so much rubber underneath, it's like a mattress. <laughs> but the fact is, everyone doesn't get a trophy in life. Life can be hard sometimes, not only do you fail to get a trophy, you lose badly, and it takes years to recover, if ever. And remember when boys were boys and girls were girls, and no one was confused about that? I mean, little boys knew they were little boys, and they wanted to play soldier and baseball and get in fights. And little girls played with dolls, liked to dress up like their mothers, and they couldn't wait to be old enough to wear makeup. Today, some parents say they're not gonna force their children to be a boy or girl, but they're gonna let them decide when they get to be five or six years old. Hey, sorry to break this to you, but you can know if it's a boy or girl the first time you change the diaper. <laughs> Simple as that. And by the way, most five-year-olds can't decide if they'd rather have ice cream or pie instead of broccoli for dinner but you're gonna let them decide their gender identity the same as picking out a sweater to wear on a cool day? Are you kidding me? I'll say it again. The problem today, everybody gets a trophy and nobody gets a spanking. Now, there was a time when boys wanted to grow up to be like their dads, but today a lot of boys don't even know who their dads are. We used to play cops and robbers, but we didn't actually rob banks or shoot the kids who pretended to be the cops. We played army, but we didn't use live ammo or real guns, and we didn't shoot kids in the neighborhood. We had play guns, and we knew it was make-believe. By the time we got to high school, we had real guns in our trucks in the school parking lot to go hunting. But you know what? We never thought about shooting other students or our teachers. Kids today aren't allowed to play with toy guns, but they regularly get their hands on real ones and shoot up schools, theaters, and play areas. So something's not right. And by the way, boys got into fights sometimes, and usually a coach produced some boxing gloves and told the boys to have at it. And they'd fight until both boys were so exhausted they'd collapse into a mutual surrender, followed by a handshake. Now, I realize we probably aren't gonna go back to the old ways of doing things, and frankly, for some things, I admit, maybe that's for the best. But I'm gonna say it one last time. The problem today is that everybody gets a trophy and nobody gets a spanking.
Well, many parents see teachers promoting socialism inside classrooms, but my next guest lost her teaching job for expressing conservative views outside the classroom. Please welcome the president of the American Freedom Alliance, Dr. Karen Sigmund. Karen, tell me how you lost your job. Yeah, it's kind of shocking, isn't it? Um, I've been a teacher for almost 20 years, um, but I'm also the president of an organization in Los Angeles called the American Freedom Alliance, which defends Western civilization, kind of a shocking concept. And because of my outside activities, I was told my contract would not be renewed. I praised Western civilization and how it's brought the greatest good to the most number of people, and we are all its beneficiaries, including those not even from here. And that was deemed hostile. I first heard about your story, read it on, on a news site, and it, it went all over the country. People you know, were aware of right. it, and I thought, there's got to be a backstory here. There's, yeah. there's got to be more to this. You, you must have you know, slapped a kid or did something. <laughs> Uh, I mean, surely you didn't just get fired because you believe in Western I civilization. Know. No, um, I did. I didn't slap anyone. I didn't insult anyone. Um, I don't insult people not of Western civilization. I really promote... Um, I, I see myself as an educator. I really do. Yeah. And I want my all my students to learn critical thinking, to explore, to be skeptical, to value those things that we value, to grow as an individual. That's always been my stance which I guess is also sort of problematic because there are other teachers who um, denigrate the president in the classroom, who wear resist t-shirts, who promote all kinds of various um, leftist policies in the classroom. And that's okay. That's apparently fine because yeah. their contracts have been renewed. I even hesitated to wear anything with an American flag, not hesitated, I did not wear anything with American, an American flag on it for fear of that being sort of too subversively patriotic. We don't want to do that. Um, but, I, but I have promoted freedoms and independent mm -hmm. thought. And um, one, of, one of my fellow teachers had said the day after the election, uh, he felt like, and I know a lot of us have heard this from others, it felt like another 9-11. Oh, my. To which I said, aside from really, it felt like terrorists hijacked our planes and killed thousands of our people, flying them into our buildings. Yes, that was the answer. To which I responded, and I thought this was fairly measured, how about if we see what he does as president before we start you know, yeah. screaming about everything? Um, so that's the extent of my um, proselytizing in the classroom. How about if we see what he does? A lot of people, when they have the situation that you've experienced, you get fired, terminated because you, and again, in your case, it wasn't that you took a, poli a political position right. or one that was necessarily right or left. It was just celebrating America and, and what made it what it is. Right. Most people just say, that's it, I'm done, I'm not going to speak right. anymore. You've decided to fight back. Absolutely. Why? So why are you more courageous than a lot of people who just say, that's it, I'm not going to get in trouble? Um, I, I don't know why that is, um, but it seems kind of puzzling to me that it even takes courage to fight back. I hear this all the time, you're so courageous, and I think, I'm just standing up for what I think is right and for what has given, again, all of us the plenty that we have, including those who resent the plenty that we have and who want to take it away. I, I still support their um, opportunities to have that. So why do I have the courage? I just, I'm just not a walk away in that sense kind of person. I think our freedoms are worth defending, which is why I am president of the American Freedom Alliance. I think we got here by ceding ground to the left for far too long in the media and education and entertainment and religion and you name it, we've let them have ground. And the time for that to stop is to stop is right now. Well, Dr. Sigmund, I'm glad you are not just rolling over and uh, letting uh, these folks have their way, and yeah, you're not thank surrendering. You. Thank you no, for I standing won't. up, not just for yourself, you're standing up for, for all, all of us. us. And it's thank you so much for it's that. It's an honor. Thank you. It truly is time for Americans to stand up to the radical left's assault on freedom of expression before they completely destroy the First Amendment and our basic American liberties. If you'd like to learn more, 
about what Dr. Sigmund is uh, doing, visit AmericanFreedomAlliance.org. That's AmericanFreedomAlliance.org. It's there on your screen. Write it down. Get in touch. Now, Keith Bilbrey, he's also standing by. He didn't get slapped, but he is going to tell us what's ahead tonight on the show. Coming up, entertainment power couple David and Tamala Mann, comedy sensation Tom Cotter, and later, political writer Jane Robin, Huck's hero Jeff Bromsky, and country music star Neil McCoy, all on Huckabee. She's a Grammy-winning gospel singer. He's a popular comedian, and together they star in hit shows like Man and Wife and Meet the Browns. Now they're sharing the secrets of their 30-year marriage and partnership in a new book and album, both called Us Against the World. Please welcome David and Tamala Mann. Great to have you guys here. Thank you for joining me, and uh, congratulations on the new project. Thank you for having us. You guys are doing a book, a CD, and a tour all at the same time. I mean, that that's kind of uh, ambitious. I know, we're slackers, right? <laughs> yeah, slackers. no kidding. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit it's about lot, the music first. Singing with David on this, how has that been yes. different than your solo work? I have enjoyed it because I really got to see David in a whole nother element. I mean, even just in the studio. I mean, he put his shades on to kind of get in the mood. <laughs> and it's just been a lot of fun. For me, it was scary because I hadn't sang in right. years. At first, I talked myself out of doing the project. And then they were like, you got to do it. So once they put together the songs and the music, and they were tailor-made for us, and they were talking about genuine love for a husband and wife. Yes. I couldn't help but I had to do it. Good, clean love music. You know, most couples, uh, the test of a marriage is can they live through a remodeling project together? If they can remodel a room <laughs> or a house and they still love each other at the end of that, it's a solid marriage. I'm wondering, uh, how much is it like to do a, both a book and an album at the same time? Writing the book, I mean, going back and some things that we thought we had kind of ironed out or... Resolved. And resolved, kind of, you know, it kind of ruffled some feathers there. So it was a little, it was a little rough on some things that, you know, that we were talking and had to talk through and really to get an understanding. And that's the, really the blessing of it, that we really got an understanding mm -hmm. and understanding each other even more, deeper. I, I really think it was the Lord's way of giving us a refresher course yes. using our own words. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which which was kind of funny. It's like... We have to go back and, and use our own words to help minister to us. So that's what the book kind of helped us do. It was a lot of fun, but a little tugging in there, too. I mean, some tears. We cried and <laughs> laughed and, you know, Loved did the grown people up. stuff. And, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was really great. In your book, there's a lot of candor, a lot of honesty about tough times that you went through. So how did you keep it together? Because there are a lot of couples out there listening and watching. You know, our, actually, our faith, our faith and our friendship is what really have kept us together. It was our foundation. And, and mm. it's really been, and then our love for each other is like even to cap it off. But that's really the, the reason of how we've made it this far. And that I really like this guy and I'm in love with him and I enjoy <laughs> his company. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to be with anybody else. We, we talk about the art of arguing in the book and it goes with forgiveness. You know, we don't argue to make sure you know I'm right. It should be to get an understanding. And all of our getting, we should get an understanding. Mm -hmm. And part of that is forgiveness. Yes. And a lot of times we don't want to forgive because, you know, it, it kind of ends the whole thing for us. I want to be able to forgive so I can encourage, first of all, encourage somebody else because it's not all about me. It's not all about us. And when we say us against the world, we're not just talking about us, us. as a couple and as a family. The you and us mean all of us. because it's the body it, of Christ. The, the it, the body, if you're, if you're fighting anything that will come against family, and if that's what you, if we're all standing for it together, it's all of us. It's us, all of us. So that, that really says that us is you. You. Mm -hmm. It's us fighting against anything that will come against the family structure. And that yes. certainly helps to explain the title, Us Against the World. You know, what I love being yes. with you guys most, you're still having fun. I know that the people who buy tickets to the concert tour are going to enjoy 
your speaking, your singing, uh, just the expression of joy and love that you give that the crowd is going to see. I'm confident that people all across the we're country... We're going to have fun. We're, well, no we're doubt about that. We're definitely going to have fun, so you can even believe that. <laughs> well, it's yeah, it's going to be a riot. Thanks to both of you, David and Tamala Mann. So glad to have you with us. Let me tell our audience, you can find both the book and the album of Us Against the World at Amazon and all the major retailers. And keep up with them on TillyManMusic.com and on Twitter and Instagram at David and Tamala. We're so glad to have them. All right, Keith, why don't you tell us what we have coming up next in the show? Well, next, Mike finds the fun in the news. Then it's comedian Tom Cotter. Later, James Robin warns of those erasing America's history. Plus, Huck's hero, Jeff Brodsky. And the incredible music of Neil McCoy on Huckabee. Welcome back, everybody. We are so happy to have you, and what a great way to come back in with the wonderful music of Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. We love them. Well, from snakes springing out of commodes to the latest fashion in beachwear, we've got the news that'll make you wish that summer was officially here, all in a segment we like to call In Case You Missed It. Well, from our never-ending Florida file, this story comes forth. A gentleman named Baltazar Himano was lifting the toilet seat in his bathroom when a ball python rose up out of the toilet and bit him. Mr. Himano was treated in his home by EMT staff following the early morning snake bite. The python was caught by Coral Springs police and local animal control officers. Yes. Do you know what they call a snake that works in the government? A civil serpent. Oh! <laughs> Moving on. Well, folks, just in time for summer and for those who love their Levi's but have wondered, how can I swim in these? We welcome the latest in redneck fashion. It's called the Gido. That's right. If you've always wanted to wear your jeans to the beach but felt they were too hot, now you can combine those skimpy men's European bathing suits with the look of blue jeans and never have to worry about looking hot, ever. I mean, come on, folks. It's bad enough that people in low-rise pants have recessive jeans. At least people can think about wearing something unique and fashionable to the beach, uh, like Trey's taco cat romper. It's colorful, practical, and I don't know what else, but is that right, Trey? I thought it looked pretty good. I don't know what the problem is. Look at that picture a little more. I'm pretty sure you'll see the problem with that. But Oh, that one. Yeah. Well, hey, next Sunday, June 16th, Father's Day. We know many of you are struggling what to get your dad for a gift. And since he's gotten far too many ties and pairs of socks, we humbly offer these ideas for your consideration. First up. Why leave your dad stuck at the luggage carousel sorting through just same old black bags? Get him a brand new travel case with his mug plastered right across it. It's available at TravelerChoice.com. And just think, dad will be able to shout, there I am, for everyone at the airport to hear while he thinks lovingly of you. And another Father's Day idea, if you've been trying to get your father some earbuds that he'll want to use, well, why not just spock them up? <laughs> that ought to perk his ears up. They're available now at thinkgeek.com. Although you might find your dear old dad's response for the gift is an actual quote from Spock himself. It's curious how often you humans manage to obtain that which you do not want. <laughs> now I want to show you a Father's Day gift created by our senior producer's wife, Teresa knowing how men love two things more than anything, meat and floral arrangements. She brought together this lovely and amazing treat, the Father's Day Meat Bouquet. It's possibly the world's most perfect Father's Day gift. It only 
flowers would grow this nice. This is actual meat. Keith, you might want to come up and try one with me. Uh, you sure about that? Yeah, I am. Come on. Uh, all right. See, this is all meat. Mm. Oh, it's, it's got beef jerky. There's some salami, Slim Jims. Oh, that's, that's jerky. Uh. We're gonna chew that a while. Oh, oh, boy. Now see, that's this is the oh. kind of Father's Day gift that I don't mind getting. I don't want socks. I don't want ties, and I sure don't want that weird-looking thing Trey's wearing. Never. De definitely don't want that. Mm. I wish the audience could have some of this, but then again, mm. they can't. You want to take one with you over there? Yeah, I think I need one. Okay. Mm. I think I'll leave it up here for the rest of the show because I may want some more meat before it's over. By the way, if your dad is a cell phone junkie but also tends to talk too loud in public during personal phone conversations, we have just the perfect Father's Day gift for him. It's the cell phone portable privacy mask. <laughs> Just head to gethushme.com and order one for your dad. Oh, sure, some people may mistake your dad for some high-tech Hannibal Lecter, but hey, nothing more hearing about the painful itch of his psoriasis in public at the restaurant, which we all know is disgusting to have people talk out loud. So this will shut them up. We won't have to hear their conversations. Finally, for the hard to buy far dad, the perfect Father's Day gift, a motorized cooler. No reason for your pops to have to drag his favorite drinks out of the picnic or ball field. He can ride in style. They're available at cruisingcooler.com. Now beware, this is a vehicle where drinking and driving is almost inevitable. And as you get out there to buy your dad the perfect gift for next week, keep one thing in mind. Fathers are like parking places. All the good ones are already taken. Well, just like the shopkeeper who sells all his clocks to a man who believes time is money, we've run out of time. But never forget that we read the news Well, my next guest is a celebrated comedian, unlike Keith and me. He's a celebrated comedian who was a finalist on America's Got Talent, and he participated in the America's Got Talent Champions competition. He's appeared all over late night television. He's performed on his own TV comedy specials. And as he says, if laughter is the best medicine, I yearn to be drugged. Would you please welcome Mr. Tom Cotter. Hi, everybody. Great to be here. I'm in a good mood. I, I, I love this time of year. It's my favorite time of year. It's baseball season, which is my favorite sport. I actually played minor league baseball, very minor league, little league is what it was called. And my mom was the coach and she traded me. I'll never get over that. But uh, I love all sports. I, play, uh, I played football in college. It was fantasy football, but I was very good. And I play tennis on grass because I hit the ball better when I'm high. And uh, I... I I love being here, it's great. This is a great city, I really love Nashville. I was in Los Angeles last week. In Los Angeles, everyone thinks they're in show business and it's annoying. I was at a restaurant and this waiter came over and said, uh, yeah, I'm actually a, a writer, I just wait tables on the side. So I said, okay, write this down. I'll have the onion soup and the lamb chops. I love coming here though, I love, last time I was in Tennessee, I went uh, apple picking, that's what I called it. The judge called it shoplifting from the apple store, whatever. I. Uh, I had an iPad, an iPhone, but there were a lot of eyewitnesses, so that didn't work out so well. I did have to upgrade, though, because my old iPhone was the iPhone 2, which, as I think you know, is made of wood. And every time I'd go to answer it, I'd take a picture of my ear, uh, and I'd get splinters. It was sad. But I, uh, so I upgraded, and I'm, I don't deserve a new iPhone. I, I'm a tech moron, I really am. I, I got it home from the store, and everyone said, the first thing you should do is sync it with your laptop. So I threw them both in the pool, and... <laughs> That negates the warranty. I don't know if you're aware of that. And I'm a terrible texter. Everybody texts now, and I'm really bad at texting. I see people doing it two thumbs, not even looking. I have to do this thing all the time. And then autocorrect kicks in, which I can't stand. It was my birthday last week, and my sister texted, happy birthday, do you feel old? And I wrote back, uh, I'm going gray. But autocorrect decided to remove the R, so it said, I'm going gay. And then... 
My sister texted back, we always knew. What? what? <laughs> it's an honor to be on this stage. I'm a big fan of the governor. I'm not, a lot of comics are political comics. I'm not very political. Last time I voted, it was for Clay Aiken, and he lost to Reuben that season, so. <laughs> I, uh, I am rooting for the president. I hope he does well. I, uh, I think he's going to be good for infrastructure because Canada's already started building their wall. So that's important, I think, right? And let me tell you something about the wall, people. This is true, so true. Centuries ago, China built a wall. It's called the Great Wall of China. Huge wall, fantastic wall. Well, I have to tell you, there are very few Mexicans in China. So true, so true. Google it. You know it, I know it. Everybody knows it. You can't get a chimichanga in China. Fake news. There are no Chinese chalupas. And people ask me all the time, they say, Donald, how do you get your hair to look so fantastic? I tell you, wake up every morning, walk into my walk-in closet, huge walk-in closet, huge, bigger than Rhode Island. And I shove my head into a cotton candy machine and I whirl it around and around. Voila. And people say, why didn't you have Governor Chris Christie in your cabinet? Well, I have to tell you, he can't fit in a cabinet. He's huge. Second of all, that man loves cotton candy. He would nibble on my head. I couldn't have that. Then. Just having fun. Again, I'm supporting the guy. I'm rooting for him. And who am I to make fun of the president? I could never be president. You have to be a naturalized born citizen. And I was C-section. And, and no one would vote for me. I couldn't, I'm, I'm unqualified. He turned around the U.S. economy. I can't turn around my own economy. I still owe the Columbia Record and Tape Club $10,000. My bank spends 50 cents every month on a stamp to tell me I have less than that in my account. Visa and MasterCard are nice to me. They call me every week and compliment me. They tell me my balance is outstanding, which is good to hear. I, uh, I don't want to brag. I'm coming into some money soon because I have a loose tooth. But, uh... I used to give half of my income to the Lord, uh, Javier, he's a Mexican drug lord, and that was not a good investment. I don't want to be president. It's a tough, tough job. You got to deal with North Korea and ISIS. And I'll tell you something in all candor, and don't judge me on this, but I hang the ISIS flag in front of my home, and I'll tell you why I do that. Because I cannot afford a home security service. So my house is under 24-hour surveillance by the FBI, the CIA, and the NSA for free. You're welcome, America. I'm Tom Cotter, and I approve this message. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom Cotter, this is a funny guy. Thank you. This is a funny guy. Very kind. <laughs> Let's talk about you. I mean, shot all the way up to the top of America's Got Talent. Yeah. And you didn't lose to some other person. No. How did it end up? I lost to a dog act. That's a really what happened. A dog act. Yeah. A great act. They're the Olate dogs, but they are a dog. I was the top human finisher my season. I, I think that's a great way to put it. And uh, people think I'm, I don't like dogs now, which is not true. We yeah. actually have a lab. It's a meth lab, but we guard it with pit bulls. <laughs> and they're adorable. <laughs> Today was weird. I woke up this morning, I could feel tension mounting. Tension's yes. my other dog. And uh, <laughs> thank you, that side of the room. Anyway. Father's Day is coming up. You've yes. got a new book out. It's called Bad Dad. Yes. A Pitiful Path to Parenting. That's right. So, is this a how-to book to be a bad dad? I mean, tell me no, about that. No, it's not. Please don't follow any of the instructions in the book. It's all for fun. Like I say, never yell at your children. Yeah. Uh, use more of a creepy whisper, because that scares them more. <laughs> and uh, you can you know, teach children that words can hurt by uh, hitting them with a dictionary. That's what I always say. <laughs> don't follow my instructions, everybody. Just jokes. Look, I hope people get the book, because if the book is half as funny as you are here tonight, well, thank you. it's going to be one that people ought to get for their Father's Day, because every dad needs a little laughter in life. And a little guidance. Yeah. And uh, are there some guidance, too? A little bit, yeah. Not a lot, just a little just bit. Just the beginning of the book. The rest of it's all, yeah, bad advice, but the beginning's <laughs> Sounds like the kind of advice that we give out on the show all the time. Perfect. So there Perfect. you go. Tom, what a delight to have you. Please promise me you will come back because we love having you If you'll lift the restraining order, I'll be here. Thank you very much. <laughs> I know a guy who can get you out of that. Thank you. All right, Tom's book is called Bad Dad, A Guide to Pitiful Parenting. It is available at Amazon, and you can watch his hilarious videos. Find out where to see him perform when you go to TomCotter.com. That's TomCotter.com. You can follow him on Facebook, Tom Cotter Comic. 
And of course on Twitter, at Tom Cotter Comic. How easy could that be? Well, I wanted you to know Keith is no pitiful announcer. He is the best. Mm -hmm. And we're going to let him take us over and tell us why you absolutely have got to stick around for the rest of the show. And I'm going to tell you, you may get some of those britches for uh, Christmas this year, Governor. Coming up, James Robbins fights to save our history. Huck Zero Jeff Brodsky stands for the sexually trafficked. And country music star Neil McCoy performs on Huckabee. My next guest is an award-winning journalist, author, professor, and expert on national security and foreign affairs. His latest book could not be more timely. It's called Erasing America, Destroying Our Future by Erasing Our Past. Please welcome James S. Robbins. Dr. Robbins, good to have you with us. Thank you so much. I've been so fascinated by what you've written because we're living in a time where people are trying just to scrub the very history off our history books and off monuments and act as if what happened didn't happen. What's the danger in that? Well, there's quite a danger because if you raise generations of people who don't know of all the good of America, who don't understand why this country was founded, that it was founded on the idea of freedom, if you erase all that, then there's no reason for people to love this country. There's no reason for people to honor it. It is wiped the slate clean, and then these same people can write whatever future they want on it, a future of progressivism, socialism, or what have you. Now, the argument they make is that there's some ugly parts of our history. I mean, I've heard people say that George Washington really had some terrible qualities about him. So where is the line? Well, it's true. They're flawed people. Everybody's a flawed person. And, well, and speak for yourself. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, no, I mean, it's true. We all are. Well, yeah, I mean, there, there are many negative things in our history, but they only see the negative things. They will not allow us to see the positive things in our history. And the, it's not just the Civil War. It's not just Confederate monuments. They are erasing every aspect of our history, every good thing about it. Anything out there, they'll find a bad thing about it. And when you know, the president says, you know, make America great again, they'll say, America was never great. And so that, you know, what do you mean again? But that's, again, it's very dangerous because if you don't have a respect for your own past, even with its flaws, then there's no reason to have any kind of loyalty or any kind of optimism about this country. There's so many great aspects of our history. And some people say, oh, we have to remember the past so we don't make the same mistakes. Well, how about we remember the past so we do the same good things over and over again? Because there are a lot of great things in our past. Is there some grand scheme behind the people that want to erase the history of this country and, and act as if it never happened? It is pretty consistent across different disciplines in academia, in the media, and in politics, where they kind of sign on to this same narrative that anything that you can mention about the past is bad, we're gonna, we're gonna have revisionist history, we're gonna make everything into a bad thing, and so anything that's meant to inspire or make people feel good about America and the idea of America, we're just gonna wipe that out. I, I don't think the founders ever thought that they were perfect. In fact, when they wrote in the Declaration of Independence, in order to form a more perfect union, a more perfect, not that we were there already, but that it was going to take the rest of time to get closer and closer probably never to fully achieve it. But, but we don't hear that today in history classes of students. So what, what do we do to fix this? How do we, we re-emphasize history for students? Well, I think it's uh, up to parents, number one, to know what their kids are being taught and to intervene if they think that there's something going wrong with the curriculum or their kids aren't being taught the right things. Um, I, you know, education is the root of this. It's how it's being wiped out. So that's how we have to bring it back. But it's really up to every citizen who believes in a positive and optimistic view of America to, you know, say, wait a minute, why are you only pointing out the negative things? Why, why can you only say a positive thing about America and then say, but, and then add a bunch of negative stuff to it? So I think it's really up to all of us. Um, if parents can't get their schools to bring a fair and honest approach to history, is the only real step to pull them out of the public school system 
and put them in homeschooling or private schooling or Christian schooling where they will at least grow up with an appreciation of America? Well, I'm a big believer in that, and I think that movement is a very positive one. I write about it in the book, and to the extent that that's growing and people are, are taking back their children's education and uh, point, pointing them on the right path, I think that's a very positive thing. Well, I want to thank you for your book because it's a great wake-up call to the danger, not just the reality of it, but the danger and why this should matter to us, erasing America, losing our future, but destroying our past by Dr. James Robbins. I want to say thanks to Dr. Robbins for raising this alarm, and we need to heed it before it's too late. Please get the book, Erasing America, Losing Our Future by Destroying Our Past. The book is available at Amazon and other major booksellers. Get your copy before someone erases it. All right, Keith, what great things do we have coming up for our future on this show? Well, next, inspiring Huck's hero, Jeff Bronski. Then it's country music singer, Neil McCoy, right here on Huckabee. And welcome back. Sex trafficking is a major epidemic plaguing society today, and many of those victims will never know freedom unless we do something about it. Our Huck's hero tonight quite literally uses his feet as a call to action so that he can help rescue victims of sex trafficking. When uh, Toha was 14, uh, she was kidnapped, sold into a brothel, and it took our team 22 days to find her. In those 22 days, she was raped, forced to have sex with 198 men. You know, you would think that when a girl is being carried out of a brothel, that she would be ecstatic. She's an emotional wreck. But then you see that girl get to the safe house. And at one point, you see the moment on that girl's face where she knows her nightmare is over. There is so much misery, so much pain and suffering and sorrow. If there wasn't joy that was a part of what we do, I couldn't make it. I'm the president and founder of an organization called Joy International. There has to be joy. This last June, I was in Cambodia. A young girl came over. You Dr. Jeff? I said, yes, I am. She said, thank you so much for your work. And then she turned her head around. She said, look at my new tattoo. And on the back of her neck had the number 22. Seeing these girls set free, there's no greater joy than that. Dr. Jeff Brodsky and his organization have poured countless resources into rescuing and rehabilitating sex trafficking victims. Would you please welcome Dr. Jeff Brodsky. Dr. Brodsky, thank you so much for being thank here. You. When I saw the video, I mean, I was moved that this little girl mm -hmm. is kidnapped and then taken and turned into a sex slave and abused at a level that is shocking to me. And I thought I understood some things about human trafficking. Obviously, I was unaware of how intense this is for these kids. As most people are, most people are unaware. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the theme of a, a book that I just wrote this uh, last year that came out, The Least of These, uh, the main theme of that book is awareness is good, but awareness without action is apathy. Even your viewers uh, tonight, uh, when they watch this segment, um, my goal is awareness, but hopefully to motivate people to action. Awareness without action is apathy. If I make people aware of this problem and they choose to do nothing about it, what have I accomplished? Yeah. Nothing. So that's always my goal when I speak, no matter where it is, whether it's a TV show, a church, a, a youth group, a civic or social organization, anywhere I go, it's always the same prayer when I'm walking on that stage. Father, use me today to be your voice to motivate at least one person to action in a way that would help me to rescue even one more child. Dr. Brodsky, 
you're barefoot. I am. You have been barefoot for a while. How long and why? Well, I've been barefoot next month nine years. Nine years. Yes, not even a sock on my feet in nine years. Uh, doing this in solidarity with orphaned and abandoned and trafficked children around start? the world. I was at a garbage dump on a garbage dump in Phnom Penh, July nineteenth, two thousand and ten. Mm. We were there uh, feeding children that live in the dump, and I was standing on the side there. We had a bowl of rice with chicken in it, and as they were eating, I noticed that they were all barefoot. Two of them had old flip flops. When I went to my hotel room that night. I talk to God all the time, and I've learned to be sensitive uh, when he's talking to me. Mm. And I heard him say to go barefoot for one year in solidarity with those children. Mm. And I thought, God, I live at 9,000 feet elevation in the mountains of Colorado. How can I do that? And he assured me in a way that only he could that as long as I'm careful, he would take care of me. I've never had frostbite or anything like that. After the one-year anniversary, on July 19, 2011, Governor, I was the happiest man on earth. I couldn't believe I went for a whole year. I, this is what I did. I wake up between 2 to 3 a.m. every day. I had a pair of socks on my couch. I put my left foot on the ottoman. Whether the people that are watching this believe it or not, I took the sock, put it on my toes, went to pull it on, and I couldn't, I, I couldn't get those socks past my toes. Hmm. And I cried out to God. It was like a tug of war. I don't know if he sent an angel or what, but I could not get those socks mm. past my toes. And I cried out. I said, God, what do you want from me? I, I just went for a whole year. And that still small voice spoke to me in a way that only God could. And this is the words that I heard. Keep going. <laughs> those children are still out there. Uh. And I made a decision that as long as my going barefoot would motivate even one person a year to action in a way that would help me to rescue even one more child a year, I would go barefoot the rest of my life. Now you have uh, a wonderful concept, the Barefoot Mile. A lot of churches and civic organizations are participating. Yeah. What is a barefoot mile and how can people, because I have a feeling there are people and churches around the country listening to you that say, we yeah. could do this. It was a small youth group in a little town of Coshocton, Ohio. Hmm. After I spoke to the church, a week later, the youth pastor called and said, Dr. Jeff, you really motivated these children, these teens. They want to do something to help raise funds because it's very expensive. Rescue operations are so expensive. And they want to walk a mile barefoot in solidarity with you. They want to call it the Barefoot Mile. Is that okay? And I said, well, yeah. Well, they raised $13,000. And I went, oh, my gosh. This, there's some potential here. The last Barefoot Mile that we had was in um, Anchorage, Alaska, just last uh, month. And they raised over $200,000. The governor walked with us. The governor... How about that? Governor's wife, um, uh, the mayor, uh, Senator Lisa Murkowski, Senator Dan Sullivan walked with us, um, Miss Alaska. But now we're getting invitations not only around the country, but all over the world. And if people want to learn about the Barefoot Mile, again, just go to our website, joy.org, uh, J-O-Y.org, and they can get information uh, from there. But uh, it's it's been astounding. It's it's so humbling when, when I attend one and you see hundreds of people take off their, their shoes and socks uh, to bring awareness and to help us to fight this evil. Governor, there's no worse crime mm. perpetrated against a child since the dawn of creation than the trafficking of these children, being forced into brothels, being used by men 20, 15 to 20 times a day. We've rescued children from brothels, Governor, as young as four years old. Oh, my God. It, it's, oh. it's an evil. The depths of depravity in our world today knows no bounds. Um, but having me on your show and hopefully motivating, again, even one person to action in a way that would help us to rescue even more and more child. Is it worth it? Of course it's worth it. What if it was your daughter? Thank God for what you're doing, Dr. Bronsky.
God bless you. Thank you. What an incredible evil is happening, and it's, it's a blessing to find that there's people who are willing to help. And if you want to find out more information about Joy International, or maybe host and sponsor a barefoot mile in your community through your church, I can't think of a better way to do it. Do it through your church or your community. Go to joy.org. That's joy.org. Now, Keith Bilbrey knows something about the rest of the show. And if we bribe him with an Oreo cookie, he will tell us what he knows. Keith? You better believe it. That'll work every time. Country Music's Neil McCoy is getting ready to sing right here on Huckabee. Well, for over 25 years, my next guest has been singing hits like No Doubt About It, Wink, and Billy's Got His Beer Goggles On. Now, that's a country song if I've ever heard one. With his soulful voice and humanitarian heart, he is a class act that country music fans truly love. Would you welcome a dear friend, Neil McCoy. Neil, good to have you here. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. You're doing some, a song tonight from this brand new album. And I looked at the cover and I said, my gosh, that looks like Frank Sinatra. He wishes. <laughs> no, but I it, wish. it's pretty cool because I've only known you as a country music artist right. for all these 25 years. This is really going back to the roots of your music origins. It is. I, I sang standards from the stuff in the Great American Songbook yeah. before I... Before I did anything, back when I was young, I used to listen to my parents, and I got into it when I started, got out of junior college. Before I even really got full-time country music, I was singing standards. So I got to record an album thanks to Don Sanders, and, and it's one of the best albums, if not the best, I've ever been part of. For several years, every morning, you do something kind of unique on Facebook Live. <laughs> Tell me. I do. I say the pleasure of leading us every morning, and have for, as of this morning, 1,244 days in a row. So wow. Little, about, about three and a half years. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and, and I invite anybody out there that wants to come sing with me in the morning. I'll be at 9 a.m. singing in the morning. And, and you know, I, I tell you, Governor, I, I used to have, I was talking to one of your guys, and I used to have a bunch of, a lot more followers than I did. And then uh -huh. Facebook kind of, well, it's on Facebook, so I guess they got the right to get involved, but they got involved and, and they just squashed our signal to where we don't have, we probably get about 15 to 20,000 views, but we used to have a lot every day. You had over like 300,000 people that were joining you yeah, on every day. Facebook every day. Yeah, yeah. They, they've gotten pretty bad about that because, you know, yeah. saying the Pledge of Allegiance could be very dangerous. <laughs> it's got to be. Really a threat to America to be able to do that. Yeah. I wish more people understood the love of America like you do. And I do uh, too. <laughs> i tell you another thing. It's easy to love Neil McCoy. His fantastic music is a real delight. And as Neil gets ready to sing, Keith Bilbrey is going to tell the folks at home how they can get this music that I'm holding in my yeah. hand. Thanks, Keith. You can hold it in your <laughs> hand by getting it, and Keith is here to tell you how. Well, you can get Neil McCoy's You Don't Know Me on iTunes, Amazon, and neilmccoy.com. And you sure will be glad you did. Now, here to sing That's All, make some noise for Neil McCoy. <laughs> Thank you. I can only give you love that lasts forever And the promise to be near each time you call And the only heart I own for you and you alone that's all That's all I can only give you country walks in springtime And a hand to hold when leaves begin to fall And a love whose burning light will warm the winter's night that's all, that's all There are those, I'm sure, they've told you They would give you the world 
for a toy. All I have are these arms to enfold you. And a love time can never destroy. If you're wondering what I'm asking in return, dear, you'll be glad to know my demands are small. Say it's me that you'll adore from now and evermore. That's all. That's all. There are those I'm sure they've told you They would give you the world for a toy All I have are these arms to enfold you And a love time can never destroy if you're wondering what I'm asking in return, dear, you'll be glad to know my demands are small. Say it's me that you'll adore for now and evermore. That's all. Thank you, y'all. What a great band.